Hey guys, welcome to Hallowed Groundling and another Flashback Friday Fright Fest. I hope you guys are doing really great and having a great summer and a great week. It's been really rainy here in Rhode Island, very kind of overcast, but then the sun will pop out again. It's also very humid, so central air is like my best friend right now. (laughs) So this week's podcast is going to be about found footage movies. I love found footage movies. There have been some real gems over the years and also some real dogs that I've seen, but there are some great found footage movies that I love and I wanted to cover some of them today. So let me get right into it. Uh, The very first movie that I wanted to cover was the movie Wreck, which came out in 2007. It was a Spanish horror film, or it is a Spanish horror film, directed by Wame Balaguero. I hope I'm pronouncing that properly, and Paco Plaza. It was also written by Balaguero, and it was also written by Luiso Berdejo. And the basic premise of the movie is that a news crew goes into a tenement building that with the fire department. The fire department has been called because there have been uh, some attacks in the building and some, you know, like incidents going on and they're coming in to investigate what is happening within the building. And it turns out that there is a basically a plague starting in the building, like a zombie plague, and all of the tenants are being slowly taken over by it. And that's the basic premise of the movie. Um, it is uh, Manuela Velasco stars as Angela, Angela who is um, really a reporter, actually, which I found fascinating in real life. So that made it even more, you know, to home. If people are familiar with her as a reporter, you know, to watch this horror mo- movie like it would really be happening. The movie was filmed chronologically, so everything you see as it happened, it happened. Uh, The actors were never given a script, so they didn't know the fate of their characters until the day they came into film, which I think is a a terrifying way to be an actor because you're just by the seat of your pants. And, of course, that means that everything, all of the dialogue was improvised. They completely, um, as most found footage movies are, because it it doesn't look realistic if if it's done in a scripted way. It just doesn't. So, of course, they they do hours and hours and hours of footage and then get what they get out of it. And then, you know, people, they cut it down and edit it to what to make it whatever they want to make it, as you do with all movies. And um, Wreck is an amazing film. It's It's really scary. It really feels like you're watching an actual home movie. It doesn't feel like you're watching a staged movie at all, actually. It feels like you're watching somebody's handheld camera movie. And you are, in a way, you know, you're, you're what, but, you know, of course, there were things that were set up, but it, it is a very scary movie. And it was the basis for the American version, which is Quarantine, which you might have seen. Uh, Quarantine came out in 2008. It came out directly after it. So they basically just redid it for the U.S., just like they did with, you know, the Japanese horror films like Ringo and um, and, and The Grudge. And, you know, they, they redid them immediately afterwards just to kind of cash in in the American market. Quarantine is a good movie. Uh, Jennifer Carpenter was in it as Angela. Um, it's basically got the exact same premise. It was uh, directed by, directed and written by John Eric Dowdle, and it, it's it's pretty much the same. It, it's the same movie except it's not in Spanish. It's in English, and it you know of course it's improvised as well. So the di- you know they, but it has the exact same premise to it. It was done fairly well. I enjoyed Quarantine, but not as much as I enjoyed Rack Rack. Had that really scary. Um, visceral kind of feeling to it. It, w- it was a just a terrifying film, 
and quarantine is, you know, it's decent. And Jennifer Carpenter is great in it. I love her. I loved her on Dexter. I thought she was fantastic on that show. And, you know, she's, she's definitely fantastic in this as well. It also has Dennis O'Hare in it. It has some great people in the American version of it with quarantine, but it's, it just kind of misses the mark in the sense that it doesn't have that same feeling. It feels a little more staged than rec does, but you know, both, both definitely great horror films and, you know, but rec is a little more, a little bit more difficult to find. You don't find it as much as you find quarantine and it's really good. It's a great film. So you should definitely check it out. So moving right along, I'm going to go to Paranormal Activity, which came out, the very first one came out in 2007. That was directed directed and written by Oren Pelly. And uh, so the, the premise of Paranormal Activity, if you've never seen it, is this couple, they live together in a house and they start to experience all these noises and know, things not being where they're supposed to be and all of these weird things, waking weird sounds and vibes waking them up in the middle of the night. So of course, like you do, they set up cameras all over the house to try to record something that's going on in the house. And it's this couple, uh, played, they, they play actually their actual names, which is Katie Featherston and Mika Sloat. And they, the, you know, the boyfriend, he puts up all this stuff in the house and, all the cameras and they start to capture all of these things and it makes it worse. And, you know, and all, all this stuff starts going on, gets, you know, they do more research and they find out some history and you get little, little bits and dribs and drabs from Katie during the, during the movie about, you know, her past and her family and that she kind of experienced this when she was younger with her sister. And, you know, they kind of go into a little bit of, a little bit of a past to it. So it's a great film. Um, I, I I love Paranormal Activity. I think it's a fantastic movie. Say what you will about it. Some interesting facts about it. Um, Steven Spielberg suggested a new ending. So for those of you who don't know, I, I assume you've seen the movie. If you know you're you're listening to this, because most of you have, um, there was a there was a second ending to Paranormal Activity. You can find it on the DVD actually, and I really don't like it. It was the original. I guess it was the original ending. The original ending. Um, so so just so you know how it ends is basically Katie gets possessed by the demon that's in the house, and she kills Mika. She she you know, you don't see how Mika dies, but the the next thing you see in the bedroom is his body being like thrown into the camera. And then she's standing in the doorway covered in blood. And the original ending was that she went up and she had a knife in her hand and she slit her own throat. And it was so dark. And, and it, I don't know, it just didn't, it, it was, it was such a like creepy, I mean, it's the ending's creepy enough that she kills Mika, but that she kills herself in front of the camera. It was a little like, whoa, you know, I remember when I watched it, you know, cause I saw it when I saw it on DVD, I'd seen it in the theaters and it had the theatrical ending, which is the one that everybody knows for the most part that leads into all the sequels. But the, I, when I watched the, it on DVD, I saw the the ending. And I said, Oh my God, I'm like, that was just disturbing. Like, why would they do that? You know? So supposedly when, um, it had that original ending, Steven Spielberg watched it and he suggested to Oren Pelly to change it. He said, you should change this. You should have it different, you know, and, and don't, you know, don't do that ending because it's just disturbing and it just doesn't work for the end of the movie. And he was absolutely right, obviously, because, you know, he's brilliant. So he knew exactly what he was talking about. 
And apparently when he watched the movie originally, he watched like a viewer of it at his home and it was at night and he had to shut it off midway through because he was very spooked by it and he had to finish it the next day. So he was really intrigued by the movie because it really, it really scared him. It's a creepy movie. I mean, I know plenty of people that have seen it that it creeped them out. You know, it's it, it's got great atmosphere. It also feels just like Wreck, like I said before, it feels like you're watching an actual couple, you know, in their house. It, it, it's got a very real feel to it. You know, there's a couple of seasons that, scenes that feel a little bit staged, but for the most part, it feels like a very real, real, uh, you know, home movie, basically, security camera footage movie. Um I want to talk a little bit about the sequels. So, like I said, that you know, they touch on the fact that, you know, Katie had some past with her family. So part two is basically happening at the exact same time as part one. And it is Katie's sister, and she's pregnant, she's just had a baby, and she has a stepdaughter and her husband, and they and and things start happening over in their house. And it all these things start happening to them with the baby and everything and um so basically it happens at the exact same time as what's going on in part 1 and it leads into you know the um Katie at the very end and she kills Mika she goes to her you know family's house and she kills her brother-in-law she kills her sister and she takes the baby and you really you start to realize that this is something that's been going on for for quite a while, you know. And then I enjoyed three uh, a lot because three was the backstory. Three was actually about Katie and her sister when they were little girls and how they ended up, you know, how like what what happened to them when they were little. All the things that Katie had talked about in the first movie. And what they, Christy was her sister's name. I kept trying to remember what her, I knew it was a K, I knew it was a C, but like all these things kept happening to them and uh, you get to actually see it in the third movie. And the third movie is really creepy too. I really love the third movie. It was set in the eighties when they're little kids and it's done really well. You like, it's very believable. It's got that very grainy home movie in the eighties quality to it. And it's told really well. It's just got a, a great story to it. I love it. And then they started to really go downhill. I did not enjoy the fourth one at all. And I didn't enjoy um, the marked ones, I think was the, f- the fifth one. And then the ghost dimension was really bad, I thought. So they kind of have gone downhill, unfortunately, in my opinion. I just didn't I, I didn't like them as much. I actually, ghost dimension, I watched like half of it. And then I ended up like shutting it off. And then I, I finally went and finished it because I was like, well, I might as well finish it. And I just didn't enjoy it. I just, I, and... Marked ones, I saw where they were going, and it had some creepy moments in it. But it just—I don't know—it didn't—it didn't read well. It didn't, and I think we liked following the story of Katie and Christy, and and it kind of did, but it still didn't at the same time. Um, and the fourth one, I mean, of course that that kind of follows the story. I mean, if you've seen it, you know that it's about the, uh, you know, the, the the like the little boy and his his uh, you know. Like, is he Hunter? Is he the the little, you know, is he the baby? And, and, you know, you're trying to figure that out. And you get Katie again, and Katie's all weird and part of the coven. Although I do have to admit that at the end of part four, when the witches, like, rush every, every, like, the camera, it it did make me jump when I saw it. (laughs) Um, But it's solid. It's a a solid uh, trilogy, in my opinion. The first three are amazing. I own the first three. And I don't own, uh, if you hear noises, that's my cats, I hope. 
unless, yeah, it's paranormal activity in my house right now. Um, <laughs> but I really love the first three movies. I think they're great. And, uh, another thing that I thought was really interesting when I was doing some research is that Oren Valley actually, he came up with the idea for this movie, the original movie, because actually one night he was in bed and a box of detergent fell off a shelf and it was way in the back and there was like no no way it could have he doesn't have pets or anything it wouldn't have hit the ground any other way like there was no explanation for why it fell off the shelf so I thought that was kind of interesting that was his idea for why he he started filming it such a small thing to happen but you know it affects you because you have no explanation as to why it happened so it is a solid franchise, and I really enjoy it, and I think you should go back and, you know, discover it again if you haven't seen it in a long time, or if you've never seen it, period. You should definitely check it out. So the next movie that I'm going to talk about is Grave Encounters. Uh, Grave Encounters came out in 2011. It was directed by Colin Minihan and Stuart Ortiz. Uh, they're known as the Vicious Brothers. It was also written by them. And it is, basically, it's about a one of those paranormal shows, those, you know, uh, ghost hunter type shows. Like we have ghost hunters in Rhode Island, which is great. Those guys are awesome. And, uh, you know, it's, it's this group that does paranormal research and they go into haunted places and they record and they do their whole, you know, their whole deal. And it's a, so it's a group of people that do this. And the name of the show is Grave Encounters. And they go to this Uh, it's called Collingwood Psychiatric Hospital and they go in to do some research and of course you know things start happening they don't believe and like they go in and things start happening and they lose their way and they can't find their way out and they all start to lose track of everything and they start getting possessed kind of by what's happening in there and also it it, you know the 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 interesting thing about these about this movie uh this was a nice surprise for me. I wasn't really sure. I know I kind of stopped the synopsis right there because I had a great thought about this. I wasn't really sure what to expect when I watched Grave Encounters. I, I thought, oh, I don't know how this is going to be. Who knows? It might be good. It might be bad. I don't know how to feel about this. So, But I'm so glad I watched it because I've, I, I really, really loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And it's it's got such it, – it's a surprising movie because, you know, it is a found footage film but the neat thing was, is they decided to go completely different than the other found footage movies, which kind of leave things to your imagination, which is wonderful. I love that. You know, that that's a great that's a, a great part of those movies is that you scare yourself more than anything else while you're watching it because you, you're imagining what's happening, you know, and but this movie doesn't do that at all. It it just puts them in your face. Like everything going on is like in your face all the time, just like the people that are actually being involved in it, you know, the the, the cast of this film. And it's an amazing, it's really well done, very creepy. One thing that really bothered me about the movie was, and bothered me in a good way, like disturbed me, was that the time, how time messed up on them and their watches didn't work. And that, that's like a nightmare to me, like where, you know, it wasn't just that things were spooky and there were ghosts in there. It was literally that they could not get back time and they, you know, were all messed up. They were completely backwards, possessed out of it. Like this place is like completely taken over everything in their lives. And I, I loved that about the movie. I thought that was a really scary element to the movie. And, and so basically, let me get back to the synopsis a little bit. There's this doctor that is like has performed experiments on all the, the patients that, that went there. So that's why it's all possessed. And 
basically the doctor goes after, you know, this ghost doctor comes after them and it's really well done. It's really spooky and strange and it's a great movie. Um, I really enjoy it actually a lot. (laughs) Uh, it it was, like I said, it was a very surprising film. It, It, I wasn't expecting much from it, but then really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, there is a um, sequel to it. The sequel was okay. I wasn't nuts about the sequel. The The premise of the sequel was basically like it was continuing, you know, it was saying, where did the, the crew go of this movie, you know, at the movie? Because, of course, they all disappeared and nobody could find them. And that became the thing. It was like the, the studio wanted to cover it up and they were trying to, and this group of, of other filmmakers, young young kid filmmakers, college age, they decide they want to go and investigate why, what happened to them, where were they, where are they, you know, where, where did they disappear to, where's the host of the show, who he's like kind of the last man standing in Grave Encounters in the first one. And, you know, it's done well, but it's not as good as the second one. I was, excuse me, it's not as good as the first one. I enjoyed the first one much more. I thought the first one was done really well and everybody was great in it. Um, I can go without seeing him eat the rat at the end. That just always, just uh, the couple of times I've seen, it just grosses me out every single time. He's like, because st- they're starving. The, they're, oh, they're, I didn't mention this. Their food is like all maggoty and gross and like the, the cooler when they open it up and it was completely fresh and fine. Like everything goes bad in this place. It's like this place poisons every single thing in the house, you know, um, or in the, the hospital, I should say. But it's just a fascinating, uh, really, really great movie. I like it a lot. And, uh, you know, the sequel is salvageable. Like I said, it's it's not fantastic, but it's a good uh, continuation to the story. Let me take a sip. <sighs> Sorry about that. I was getting a little dry. So let me move on to my last movie for the podcast today, and that is going to be The Blair Witch Project. The Amazing Blair Witch Project. <laughs> um, this movie was made in 1999. Uh, it was written and directed by Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez. And if you're not familiar with the, the premise of The Blair Witch Project, it's basically that these three film students go out into the woods to investigate the legend of the Blair Witch in Maryland. And slowly, all of these different start things start to happen to them in the woods where you know, they're losing their direction, they're, you know, they're hearing noises at night in their tent, they're hearing children laughing and strange things start to happen, things of theirs disappear, you know, all kinds of stuff starts to happen to them and it just devolves into this nightmarish um, situation. A little bit of background about the Blair Witch. Uh, so for me, whenever I think of this movie, I love, first of all, I love this movie. I think it's a brilliant film and not just because it was, you know, kind of one of the original, you know, found footage films. Of course there were ones before it, but it was the, the way that it was presented to the public and the marketing of it. That was so fascinating to me. I will never forget. I have a, I have a dear friend, Adam Cray, who lives out in Los Angeles. He is one of the most, uh, voracious movie fans I've ever known in my whole life. And Adam and I love to talk about movies. We saw, we saw a lot of movies together I was in a couple of movies he made. He's just a wonderful guy. And I remember we worked together and Adam came into work one day and he said to me, he's like, have you heard about this movie, The Blair Witch Project? And I said, no, I haven't. What is it about? And he said, it's it's like a real, 
he said, it's a documentary. And I said, it is. And he said, yeah. And it's about these kids that these students and they were film students and they disappeared in Maryland. And then all of a sudden last year, somebody found all the footage that they did while they were in the woods and they were investigating this witch and they disappeared and no one ever saw them again. And we were both like, I said, is that legal? Are you allowed? (laughs) Like, are they allowed to do this? I was like, oh my God. And I said, what happens? And he goes, I don't know. But I read all about it and it sounds so cool. And there's a website and everything. And of course, you know, immediately I went home and I started reading about it. And I was like, this is, oh my God. And there was the whole website about the history of the Blair Witch and the story about the kids and how this movie was coming out that was all their footage. And, you know, and it just sounded so fascinating. And I remember when the movie came out, um, it was probably the opening weekend, and my ex-husband and I and a dear friend of ours, we had the day off, all of us had the day off, and we wanted to go to the movies. It was a rainy, crappy day, and we decided to go to the movies, and we were couldn't decide, so we both, we, all of us wanted to see both The Blair Witch Project and the movie Deep Blue Sea, which if you haven't seen, I, I, I want to cover at some point in the podcast. Maybe I'll do an animal one, the animal horror, like my cousin Kate talked about, because I really would like to cover it. It's a fun movie. Anyway, we wanted to see both, and we decided, you know what? It's a crappy day. We have nothing to do today. Why don't we see one at the, you know, this time? We'll go get something to eat, and then we'll go see the other movie. How cool would that be? So that's exactly what we did. We went to see Deep Blue Sea at a matinee, an early matinee. Then we went to go get something to eat, and then we went, went to see The Blair Witch Project. And I remember watching the movie... Um, it didn't make me sick. Like I know a lot of people complain that, that the camera motion makes them sick. That doesn't really make me sick. I felt more sick because I was so into the movie and I was so terrified for these people. And I had to cover my eyes. I could barely watch the end of the movie because I, I, I didn't completely cover my eyes. I did the kind of through the, you know, like I, I, I'm, I'm a chicken in a lot of, you know, it's funny. I love horror movies so much, but ask anybody that sees a horror movie with me that I'm really into the first time. I will literally sit there like with my, my hand over my eyes and I will like, I look through my, my hand cause I get real scared to get jump scared. I, I like, especially because it, it may, I, I get, I overreact. I get like, Oh, you know, and I jump really high. And I remember the end of that movie after Heather does, you know, when she's just saying goodbye to her, which is so disturbing. You know, when you watch it again, it's just a completely disturbing scene when she's saying goodbye to her, her mom and, and, you know, saying like telling people what's happening to them. And uh, from that moment on, you know, which is like basically before the last, I think, 10 minutes of the movie that happens. And after that, I, I barely could watch when they go into the house. I, I was so terrified to see what they were going to see. And of course, they, they really don't see much, you know, but the end was so terrifying because if you had, you know, it was funny because, you know, I was so enthralled by the movie. I was sitting there so intent on it. I listened to everything people said. So I understood the ending. I understood what was happening at the end. And I, <gasps> at the end of the movie, you know, and the minute it was over, the three of us looked at each other and we were all wide-eyed and mouths open like, wow, you know, and, and a bunch of people in the theater, I remember so clearly stood up and were so upset. They were like, that was the stupidest movie. I don't understand anything that happened. I don't, I remember people, there were some people that were angry and then there were other people like us that were sitting there completely mouth agape. Like, I don't know what I just watched, but it was amazing. Like that was incredible. Whatever I just saw was so realistic. And at that point, 
you know, I had heard rumors that it was not real, that the whole thing was staged. And I thought, this has to be staged. There's no way this is a real, you know, this couldn't have really, they wouldn't have put this out. You know what I mean? I'm like, they wouldn't have. And I'm thinking, it's like I'm watching a snuff movie toward the end of the movie. I'm like, it's got to be. And then, you know, when he disappears and then the teeth and the, the, the tongue and the wrapped in his shirt and all that, you know, I'm thinking, there's no, no way. And of course, then I find out, you know, of course, it came out, and then all the actors were interviewed, and I said, oh, there they are, okay. And, of course, um, so Heather Donahue was, uh, as I said, the lead in it, and then Michael Williams and Joshua Leonard. Um, they had a lot of, I mean, I mean the, the, the three of them, I think, you know, and the directors, the directors were brilliant in the sense of, uh, supposedly what the lore is, is that they told the actors that this was a real legend before they sent them out into the woods to film. So they believed in all of it. They believed it was a real legend that had really happened when, in fact, it was something that was completely invented by both. It's not a real legend. There was nothing in that area of this. It's So it's a completely false legend that they had created. And I just think the brilliance of the marketing of this movie, the fact that they, they created this real background mythos story that people believed and made people believe that these actors actually were the real people that went out into the woods and disappeared, I think that was just completely brilliant of them. The way that it was filmed, they would basically give them a path to go through and they would have to follow markers so that they would get to the right place. Um, they gave them less and less food every day so that they would be a little bit more agitated with each other. (laughs) Um, they also took, uh, Josh disappears, you know, as everyone knows, like halfway through, they took Josh because, well, one, because Josh was supposed to disappear from the movie and didn't, you know, of course they didn't know he was going to disappear. So he literally left in the middle of the night while they were sleeping. So they woke up and he was gone. I mean, like, so all the reactions you see are real, you know, because they didn't know what was going to, none of this was scripted. They didn't, know you know what was gonna they literally were given they'd said like little notes where they would say you know irritate heather today you know like they would get just these random notes and they would just have to follow it i mean what an exercise as an actor you know to go out and just try to improvise everything and um I think at that point, you know, you're frustrated, you're tired, and, you know, you're in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere. You know there's a crew around, so you know you're not, like, completely in danger. But at the same time, you know, that that, that could be nerve-wracking after some days of going through that. You know, and they and apparently they took Josh away, and, like, the, Josh had, to, like, a concert he wanted to go to, so he had to end by a certain time. Um, you know, and, and all three of them are, are fantastic in this movie. And the um, supporting cast in the town, when they go around and they interview people, um, I, I don't have the woman's name off the top of my head, but the woman that played um, Mary, I can't remember her last name, of course, off the top of my head, but she was excellent. What a, like, she was such a strange woman. Like, I don't know where they found her. She was incredible. And, you know, and everybody else who tells all these stories that, that they get to uncover that, you know, reveal more about the Blair Witch. I think that's really amazing that they did that. And of course, one of the uh, townspeople that they interview talks about the serial killer that, said he heard the witch and that that was why he killed children and he used to make them stand in the corner while he was killing another one he'd make the other one stand in the corner and of course at the very end of the movie mike is standing in the corner when heather comes downstairs and then all of a sudden she's knocked in the head and it's all over so if you would you know and it was funny because there were people that didn't listen to that they weren't listening at the time and they didn't pick that up when i saw it in the theater anyway and uh, they didn't quite get what was going on, you know, and they just completely dismissed it, and you know, that it was stupid. And I think it, you know, the thing about it is, is that there is a, you know, you know, I've talked about this many times in the podcast about the slow burn. 
And uh, Blair Witch definitely has that. But Blair Witch has a slow burn to it. You you don't know what's happening. And your imagination is far worse than what's happening on the screen. You know, you're imagining what's out there, what is in the dark. I See, for me personally, I am not a camping person. I would never go out in the middle of nowhere with a tent. I, I couldn't, even if I had friends with me and everything, I would not do well. I wouldn't sleep all night. I know I wouldn't. If I did, I would wake up every five seconds. Um, you know, I've, my mother lived out in the middle of the, the country for a while. She lived out in this like, you know, house and, and it was, she had windows all around it. It was all facing the forest. Um, you know, she had no neighbors right around her and I always had a hard time sleeping at her house because I would literally be staring out the window, just waiting for Jason to come or something, you know, cause I'm a city person. I need noise. I need like traffic. I need a little bit, you know, I need people around. I, I wouldn't do well ever in the, I, cause cause I've watched so many horror movies, you know, probably I'm just like, no, I don't want to think. So I think when I saw Blair Witch, it definitely did something very, um, you know, deep to me where I was like, I, it affected me because I said, I could never, I could never do, I don't even think as an actor, I could have taken that job. I would have been like, no, no, I can't do this because I, I would have been too scared. You know, I, the, the woods terrify me. The woods are, you know, you never know what's in the woods, you know, and, and I've, like I said, just reading too many horror movies, excuse me, reading too many horror books and seeing too many horror movies. I just am terrified of the woods. I'm not a, I'm not a camper. I'm not a, a hiker. I don't think I could, maybe in the middle of the day, I could go out and hike or something. As long as we were back way before dark, you know, I'd, I'd probably be okay. But, um, Anyway, this movie is, it's still wonderful. You know, it's, it's funny. It's aged really well to the point where when I've watched it again and I, I still have the same reaction to it. I still, when it starts out, I feel so bad. I I want to stop them. Every single time I watch it, I think to myself, oh God, please don't go out in the woods. Please just stop. Please stop going in the woods, you know? And, um, of course they don't, you know, they, they keep going. Um, so the three actors that did it, uh, as I said, Heather and Michael and Joshua, Heather Donahue, uh, apparently she, uh, had quite a backlash after she made this movie. People gave her a hard time and she didn't really, she hasn't done a whole lot. She's done a little bit afterwards, but she hasn't gotten a lot of work. Unfortunately, she's very talented. She's amazing in the movie. You know, she like uh, that iconic scene of her, you know, that close up with her nose running and her and sobbing, you know, my heart always goes out to her. I believe her. I believe every, every second of the, her being on screen that she's actually quite terrified and doesn't know what is going on because she really didn't know what was going on. You know, I mean, it's not like they had a script. It's not like they had anything. So uh, my heart always goes out to her when I watch it. I can't help it. And I know that Heather, you know, pushes a lot and she's, she's pretty bitchy, but you know, she was trying to get something done, you know, and I, and I always feel bad for her every single time I watch it. And I feel bad for both the boys because they, you know, they're going through the very similar thing and they're trying to like figure out what's going on as well. And it's just such a, you know, it, it goes down so quickly. Everything happens very fast in it. And I feel terrible for them every time I watch it. Um, but afterwards, yeah, like I said, like I said Heather Donahue had a hard time and, um, Michael, uh, Williams and Joshua Leonard actually didn't, they've done quite well. They've gotten a lot of work and, uh, and done okay. I don't know if it's because she's like the iconic face of Blair Witch, you know, that, that moment is so, I think it, I mean, I would, I would say it's the most iconic moment in the entire film is her final monologue, you know, where she's just saying how terrified they are and, and basically saying goodbye to people that she loves, you know, um, it's her, her last moment. And, you know, I think she kind of, 
unfortunately, because she became kind of the face of Blair Witch. I think that that hurt her career. And, you know, that's kind of happened with a couple of the other, I mean, we haven't really seen a lot, you know, Katie Featherston hasn't done anything outside, as far as I know. I mean, I'd have to look at her IMDb, but she hasn't done a whole lot outside either. So I think that's kind of something that the actors that make these found footage films that play themselves in them, they kind of sell them, you know, sell yourself a little bit to do it. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, they, they get like fame from doing this and, and hopefully that will like launch their career. But at the same time, it can also, you know, keep them from not launching because of that as well, you know? So that's an unfortunate side effect of, of doing one of these movies is that you you're playing yourself and people kind of sometimes don't know where to separate reality from fiction. And, uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a, a disturb- and I find it weird that the girls are having trouble and the boys did not have trouble. That, that kind of weirds me out a little, <laughs> a little bit. Um, but like I said, that's the only, um, explanation I can think of is that she kind of became the face of the movie and then people associated her with it for a long time after that. But, it is a fantastic film. Um, the sequel, Book of Shadows, uh, I could I could not mention, and I'd be okay with. It's not the I, I've given it a second chance recently. I hated it when I saw it originally. I saw it in the theater. I saw it like opening night in the theater because I had loved the original so much. And then of course I see the sequel, and I'm like, what the heck is? And like they threw it out there so fast. But you know, recently I gave it another shot, and it's actually not a bad movie. Um, you know, it's not the best movie, but I can see what they were what they were doing, and uh, it's it's a good you know it's it's a decent film. It's not you know the best of the best, but at least it's not like the worst of the worst. <laughs> there are worst ones. It just wasn't as good as the original, obviously, because there's no way to to kind of match that. And then, um, of course, they also had a very uh, a, a sequel a sequel to the original film that's also a found footage type movie um, with uh, the supposed to be Heather's brother. And um, I saw this once. I saw the, the new Blair Witch once, and I thought it was okay. Uh, I wasn't completely excited about it or anything like that. And it, it was all right. It didn't blow my mind or anything like that. I thought it was okay. You know, um, I know people that really loved it, actually, but no, I thought it was all right. I, I like better than the book of shadows, but not as great as the original, you know, it, it was, it wasn't, it's never going to be, but you know, I could see where they were going with it. And at least they were paying it kind of an homage, you know? Um, so that is my podcast this week and I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope that, uh, I'm going to cover this, this topic again, cause there's more found footage movies. I left out a few that I really love. Um, one was VHS, which I will mention just briefly at the end here. I love VHS. Uh, the the original one was great. Uh, the sequel was was pretty good too. There was a couple of the stories in it. I was going to put it in the vignette one um, that I thought, oh, I'll keep it for found footage. But then I was like, well, I'll do another. Maybe I'll do another one on VHS one and VHS two. You know, so I can kind of uh, cover both of those in a podcast because I really enjoy those. They're they're um, they're really creepy movies. Uh, there's a couple, a couple of the stories are fantastic in them. So no reason that it was left out or it's not like it's lower or anything like that. I just wanted to kind of maybe give it a little more attention. Um, yeah. And, and then there's a couple others that I was thinking of as well. So this is probably a topic that I'll come back to at some point. Uh, I'm working right now actually on a, um, 
a review of The Outsider by Stephen King. It took me a little while. I've had a kind of a busy uh, little time here, a couple of weeks, but I'm, I'm working on that and I would like to get that out onto the website very soon. And uh, we should be having some more um, <clears throat> unboxing videos very soon. I should be getting, actually I'm expecting today a horror pack, so you might be seeing an unboxing video very soon. And uh, the Box of Dread should be here very soon as well. Uh, we've had a little, they had a little bit of a backup with Box of Dread. We got an apology email last week. I haven't seen a tracking number yet, so hopefully that will be very soon. And uh, I'll be putting out those as well onto the YouTube channel, and you'll see those on the website. So I hope you guys have a great week and uh, stay spooky. Bye.